basically, South by Southwest music convention is the best time I've ever had in my whole life. South by Southwest is the best time I've ever had, but it's a conspiracy. Conspiracy. Uh, South by Southwest lied to me. Episode one, all roads lead to here. This is the podcast. Um, and before I go talking about what this first episode is about, I'm just going to talk in general about what this podcast is going to be about. It's going to be um, just a talk, a discussion with someone, mostly people that I know personally, um, because I just know that with professions that require you to tour all the time or travel, a lot of stories are made uh, because traveling that much or spending all your days traveling for whatever work or job you do comes with a lot of crazy stories. And this is just I figured it'd be a cool way to uh, get those stories out there and let people kind of understand the insanity that goes into touring or traveling for work all the time or the stuff that you deal with, whether it be the hard stuff or just the funny stuff or just the shit that like no one will ever believe that it happened. So I just wanted to start this podcast for that. And that's what this is. That's really it. There's nothing else to it. Um, it's not going to be solely focused on people who tour for in music, um, I'm also going to interview some of my friends who are digital creators, uh, cinematographers, bus drivers uh, for bands or productions, and it's not going to be just touring, uh, not just musicians, so don't think that that's all this is going to be about, but that's it. That's the elevator pitch for it. Um, this is episode one. Uh, please bear in mind that I have no idea how to podcast or what I'm doing when it comes to recording this audio, so... Yeah, I mean, if it sounds like it sounds like someone recorded this who has no knowledge of recording this and is making this all through GarageBand for the time being and has no help, that's kind of what this is. So I'm sorry, um, Biz. You know, it'll get better as time goes on. Um, and yeah, so in this first episode, we're gonna talk with Luke and Corey, who are longtime friends of mine. I met them back in 2007. I think this is probably one of my longest lasting will always be a friendship that I have with them because they're great. They're epic. They're great people. Um, we've been through many different phases in our lives all together. They used to be in this band by the name of Stella. Um, and the way that I got into this style of music, I would say, is because of that band. The very first ever local show that I ever went to was at a church in Daytona Beach. Uh, this church was bright pink on the beach side of Daytona Beach, and in the back of this church was the Burgermobile from Good Burger. That's just a little shinfo for you. Um, has really nothing to do with this podcast, but I just had to let that out. And we've been friends ever since. They started a band by the name of Frameworks, um, and they toured a lot, and they offered to take me on a tour in which I was trying to start a documentary series by the name All Roads Lead to Here. So I thought it would be fitting that since I didn't start the documentary series that I would have them on the first episode of this podcast as I try to make this kind of a regular occurrence. And we talk about the tour that I did with them to South by Southwest because I hear a lot of people talk about South by Southwest and mostly people who are just going to go attend it. And I don't think they understand the pure chaos that it ensues in someone once they arrive there in a band. Um, I mean, it is – there's no organization – and this isn't a podcast where we complain about it. We just reminisce in the times of how insane every single day, whether we were in Texas at South By or not in Texas at South By, at just regular shows on the way and on the way back from South By, 
every single day had something something great to look forward to. Is it great to see and look back on now? Yeah. In the time, was it? Not so much. As Tanner Jones, my friend, um, who also was on this tour with us in a band by the name of You Blew It, he said, once I told him that we were doing this episode, he said, and I quote, this tour was always more fun to think about than to live or endure. So without further ado, here's episode one. Hope you like it. And uh, hopefully we'll get another new episode next week with someone else. Yeah. Okay, bye. All right, is Corey, Corey around? Yeah. yeah. Epic. All right, so yeah. this is it. Awesome. Basically, we're going to talk about our epic – the epic tour de force to South by Southwest. And just to start off, we're going to introduce you guys. Uh, okay. Just give me your name and the <clears throat> band you played in. And just a nice fun fact about you. Oof, okay, I didn't know we were doing facts. Okay, um, my name is Corey, and I played guitar and frameworks. Still do, kind of, I guess. And a uh, fun fact is... I like to party. <laughs> My name is Luke. Uh, I sing in frameworks. And I can't think of a fun fact right now. Sorry, Briggs. Dude, you're like a black belt in crazy martial arts, man. Luke, Luke is a black belt in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Don't say that. No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, okay. So... Let's uh let's start off with what we remember, huh? All right, what was um I'm trying to remember. The tour started off, I think, with uh was that the tour with? I think it started off with playing the You Blew It shows, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was for the You Blew It record release. Yeah, we were doing the Florida specifically. Yeah, so if I remember correctly, it started off in Orlando. Yeah, like, or, yeah. It started off in Orlando or Gainesville. It was Orlando because I, I remember it was the first tour we ever did where it didn't start in Gainesville. That's uh, epic. Started in Orlando, then went somewhere else in Florida, then went back to Gainesville right before we left on the, the way up. Also, what what year was this? I was 20, thinking, I think it was twenty. It was fall, <laughs> winter, or I'm sorry, it was winter, spring of 2013. Okay. Yeah, it was. I remember because yeah, do you remember it got really cold when we were in Texas, which was really surprising. Yeah, in the video, it was like I think I, it was February. Okay. Well, yeah, because I didn't finish it until a year later because of I couldn't get an interview with you for that long, and then I ended up interviewing you when we when we did the um, dates with Angel Dust and Cruel Hand and. Uh, oh man. I can't remember who else. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a good one. I forgot yeah. about that. That was At the skate park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. A whole year later, after hyping it up for so long, and now we're here starting a podcast because I can't do the videos anymore. But, okay, so we started off. Nothing really crazy happened in the beginning. I think the craziest thing that happened was, Luke, you got sick. Oof. Yeah, I got sick. It wasn't too bad. I just, I think it was like a mild flu. It was pretty. Yeah, you were like throwing up. Yeah, yeah. It really sucked because like that was a tour we were really looking forward to, and I got sick immediately. Yeah, literally, literally when we got back to your house in Gainesville, I remember because I had I had kind of an anxiety attack because I have a weird phobia of throwing up, and I remember 
I was sleeping right next to you on the floor. Like, I think I was sleeping right next to your bed or whatever. And I remember you getting up in the middle of the night and throwing up, and I started having an anxiety attack because I was like, I this is going to be my luck to where Luke gets the stomach flu and all of us are going to get sick for nine, <laughs> ten days. Yeah. And then you were sick the whole next day when we were on our way to Alabama. Yeah, I don't think there's anything worse than being sick yeah. on tour because, like, tour inherently is already – really hard to keep up with and it just naturally brings on your immune system so being sick on it and being forced to you know continue doing the thing is it's absolutely miserable yeah well and then to add add to that is we the van broke down in somewhere in uh west georgia yeah but to be fair when did it not that <laughs> yeah that okay. van, church van. That, the church van I was think, yeah the church van was cursed yeah, yeah, it was not a good van. And that was our second van. I think we had like a, a van a year with that thing too. Well, it's funny because I, I have my I have my list in front of me of things that I like. All the little bullet points I've made about this tour that were so funny, and there's multiple things on here about the van, and yeah. it just says the van of death because of how bad the steering column was. <laughs> oh my god! I remember when we were working for that van. It seemed like a deal, but I remember back. In- whatever year that was 2012 when we bought it there just wasn't a lot of vans under like eight grand on the market so we had to drive to i think it was orlando orlando or somewhere outside yeah, of orlando it was like tampa some redneck fucking palatka yeah, yeah something like that we paid three grand for it though um, yeah and it still runs we still see it like driving around gainesville every once in a while too yeah but we bought that awesome. He bought it, and then it completely tanked, if that was possible, any more than the way we left it. I think the transmission immediately went out on him, because I remember, <laughs> like, a month after he purchased it, um, I didn't know who it was sold to. I just saw the van outside one day, so I went up to the person, and I was like, hey, I used to own my van. And the guy just practically started yelling. He's like, so you sold me this piece of shit? And uh, he was really mad about it for a while. I mean, I don't blame him. That thing was – I remember – I'm trying to go chronologically here, but it's hard not to jump in. But I remember I got summoned to drive after the show in Mississippi at the crazy skate park, which I have here on this list as skate skate park warp tour, because there's a whole backstory to that show. That was so awesome, but not to spoil it. I remember you guys summoned me to drive and I was like, yeah, no big deal. Like I've, I've driven a van, no big deal. And then I started driving it. Like, rural area wasn't bad, and then once I got on the highway and realized how bad that steering column was, I think it was either you, Luke, or Matt sitting in the uh, passenger seat looking at me and could see how nervous I was. And then finally it got to a point where we were, I was driving between two semi-trucks, and I started drifting so bad that I was immediately told to pull over, and I was like, okay. <laughs> because I was trying so hard to, like – to soldier through it and be like, yeah, yeah, I'll drive. Thanks for thanks for bringing me on this tour. It's no big deal. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love you guys. But I couldn't do it. I was so scared. And then the worst part about it was I remember trying to sleep, but I couldn't sleep because I was so scared of the van flipping. And then I think I got, like, a total of 15 minutes before you got summoned to drive, Luke, and then you, uh, you asked me to be your co-pilot, and I was like, Oh, okay, and I didn't sleep. I think I didn't. I think I. I was up until all the way until the against me show that first day at South by. 
Oh no. Yeah, it was epic. Yeah, I mean, that van drove so terribly. I don't know what exactly yeah. happened to it, but it was like a little <laughs> thing. Like, yes, when you first start driving it like you did, you instantly notice that it drives like a boat and it's very, very easy to swerve. But for us, we bought it and it slowly drifted into that. So you kind of conditioned yourself to be able to drive it. So I guess what I'm saying is yeah. that feeling like it's just going to swerve and you're going to die while you're trying to sleep in the back. Eventually, this goes away. Yeah. You kind of just accept it. And things I were mean, like, I, dude, things were like always happening to that van. Like you fixed one thing and then like seriously, like the next day it would just, the, the other thing would be fucking up and like it would just be like worse and worse every time. <laughs> but I mean like, well, yeah, miles on that thing. Like that was 10 yeah. days, you know? Yeah, that was, not, I just remember at one point I was sleeping on the back, uh, on top of the base cab and I remember being so exhausted this was after, like, it was, like, pretty much, like, the second to last day of the tour. And I remember laying on that base cab and just kind of accepting, like, oh, if if we flip, it's that's it. But I just, I like, there's nothing I can do. Any any seat in this van is a guaranteed trip to the cemetery. Like, what are you going to do? You know yeah. what I mean? Especially that position on top of the base cab. Like, there's nothing. Like, you're going to hit the moon. <laughs> like, you're going to go forward and, like, smack something, like, I've been sure. in, I've been on that base cab and it definitely is like terrifying. It's yeah, but it's definitely without a doubt the most comfortable area in the van to sleep. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Everything I, has its you know everything has its pluses and minuses. Yeah, that's life, dude. So, uh, I remember specifically going to Alabama and we played at um, the Forge. Crazy, yeah. like it almost was like a crazy looking industrial like space. With yeah. a really crazy bathroom. No, was that, that wasn't the skate park? No, no, no. No, skate park. no, no. Alabama okay. was the forge, and then the next day was the skate park in Mississippi, which I cannot mm. wait to dive into because that whole thing was so crazy. Forge was um, you blew it, and then it was like the last show we did it getting towards South Yeah. And it was like yeah. the festival type one. Yeah. Uh, I vaguely remember that. that. No, I, you remember one part in particular the band that uh, headlined. And oh wait! This is okay. the right show, right? The band that headlined and some of the bands didn't stick around. So, right at the beginning of their set, he said, "I hope your van flips." <laughs> yeah. Okay, I remember because I remember that joke coming up later in the tour. Yeah, was that the skate park or was that the Ford show? This is the battle. Oh, okay. I think it was. Wait, are, so are you talking about the Mississippi show right now, Luke? I don't think that was the skate park. The skate park was like right after it. Unless I'm, I don't know. Yeah, the skate park was after the show in in Alabama. Alabama. The only reason I remember that one is because two things: you threw up immediately after the set, and then I never forget um, that one of the locals like was hyping up this place to eat, and I hope you guys can remember this. They were hyping up this place to eat so much. They're like, "Oh, it's so good. It's so cheap. It's like a real like." It's a real good place to go after a show. We got to this place, and it was legitimately, like, basically a Little League baseball, like, a Little League baseball, you know, concession stand. And I remember, I remember Luke specifically, I don't know if you'll remember this, you were so defeated because you were so sick. And I think you got, like, a, a weird microwavable chicken sandwich, and you took one bite of it, and me and you just sat there. Because this is what started, for me, 
my it was like a, a, a deep spiral because I could never find anything to eat because of the way the shows were running and the way that our drives were. For some reason, it just didn't line up to where I could eat because going to the Mississippi show, I don't know if you guys remember, you guys went to Wendy's without me and I like begged you all to bring me back like $30. Yeah, is that what this podcast is about? You're just going to call it out like that? We didn't. Yeah, exactly. You guys, you guys literally made me slave away at this crazy skate park show. I just remember that specifically because I remember being like, there was a at one point we had stopped at like a third gas station and it was a it was another subway and then across from that gas station was a subway and I remember being so upset because I hate subway. Who likes subway? Subway no is terrible. Subway. I've had it recently and it was it was just it's, as bad as I remember. It's arguably, or it's not. It's there's no argument. It is the worst. Yeah, establishment. I think it, most storefronts too, as far as like a restaurant goes, like it's the biggest restaurant. Right. Yeah, I just watched the video about how it's like has the most storefronts. Yeah. Like that's just crazy. But it's just funny because it's like it was like that stretch from Alabama all the way to South by with all <laughs> subways, except for the there was. When we got to Mississippi, to that Mississippi show, we drove by the Wendy's on the way into the show, and I was, like, begging you guys. I was like, please, let's get Wendy's after the show, because I, like, I just wanted to chill. I don't remember this at all. Was I, like, dead or something? I mean, you were, like, sick, so you were kind of out of it for a couple days. You were just sleeping for the most part. I feel like you didn't come alive until the first day at South by. Actually, no, Mississippi, the Mississippi show, it was, like, kind of, like, crazy, so I feel like you were, like... You know, coming too. I think I was six still. Yeah, I mean, they were both. You'll never forget the Mississippi show. The Mississippi show. Let's just get to it. So, Mississippi show happened at the Crazy Skate Park. And that day, I think you blew it and then we're still on the tour. But I think the caution children jumped on it, right? Okay. But. Zabalba, yeah. Downpresser, yeah. Backtrack jumped on, and then, like, an hour, an hour, like into load in or whatever, we got wind that Hollow Earth and uh, Old Wounds yeah. were also jumping on. So it was this, and there was like what, twenty or thirty. Yeah, kids it was there. definitely bands on bands. It was just all the bands going to South by Southwest. Right, exactly, and it was so awesome. Yeah. That, that was show like, was pretty rad. It was really funny because you guys played the – you guys just ended yeah. up playing the battle set. So talk talk on that. What battle is a battle set, set is when two bands, they set up across from each other on the stage, preferably, or on the floor, preferably. And basically, they either go song for song or they go, like, set for set. And it, it was an obnoxious thing to do, but <laughs> – it was crazy. After watching, like rewatching the footage, I realized yeah, how it was, insane it was. That footage was awesome, dude. Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. And then, so there was like what yeah, twenty or thirty not, kids there. I mean, that show was was pretty yeah, fucking was, cool. Because I remember, I remember how insane it was to see. I just remember the <laughs> to see the twenty or thirty kids. I ended up playing. I think it was while you guys were gone to Wendy's, I went and took <laughs> I went and took my tip money that I made from the merch for at, like over the course of like the four days or whatever, and I played CeeLo with um, 
some of the guys from Old Wounds. I think some of the guys from from uh, Backtrack and Downpressor. And my first role, I won. So I went to walk away with the money, and then I got called out. And they were like, no, nah, you can't walk away on your first role. And I was like, okay. So I went back all in. And then I forget, someone else rolled immediately on the first roll, won, and then walked away and took all the money. And I was like... <laughs> I was so I was so bummed out, and I just remember like, all right, well, I guess I guess that's that. And then I had my uh, I had my Wendy's. Dude, that's the worst luck. Yeah, I never really think I heard your perspective of like this tour because I thought we all experienced it the same. Like I was having a blast, but it sounds like yeah. you're having a terrible time. No, yeah, it was awful. I'll never go. This is actually what broke me, and I'll never do. Really? I'll never do a tour again. Yeah. Never mind, Charlotte. Okay. No, of course not. It was. It just had its like really crazy, funny moments. That's why I want to do this podcast so bad because it's like, I feel like, I I have like a really photographic memory, and after rewatching the video, and then also just like sitting down to put together this like bullet point list, I had these like really specific memories, like the overhyped local food spots is yeah. a highlighted thing which i just talked to you about which is which is something i think that we should dive into for people because you know this podcast is supposed to be centered around the idea of yeah. touring and it's supposed to kind of go from the perspective of the people who do it more and of course this was like you know i've done weekenders with a, a legendary florida band by the Whoa. name of von wolf you know for hundreds of days on end and um i just feel like i've never heard it from your perspective but it's how how bad is it when you get someone who overhypes local food spots that aren't good? I mean, as long as it's edible, it's not the end of the world. In our perspective, where we were at at the moment, we were so broke that as long as it was cheap, it was going to do, you know? Yeah. The main bummer, like, was when when someone be hyping up some shit, and then you're like, fuck yeah, it sounds awesome, and you like, they know that you're in the band, you're on tour, you're not making any money, but then you go there, and it's like, it's like bougie. It's like fifteen dollars for like a vegan like, like sh- fucking hot dog or something. Like, that's definitely <laughs> a bummer. And there's definitely like spots. Yeah, like cookout is like a super hype place. Like you, you, you know what I'm talking about Burns. Like, yeah, of course. But I feel like I I know what I'm getting yeah, when I go there. You know I, what I mean? I just can't. I I. It it just like it. You know that sounds like that sounds good to me. But it's like I don't know why it rubbed me the wrong way. That kid that just blew up the spot about that place in Alabama, and then I go there, and it's like, just I was so upset. I don't know why that one did it. Because I'm the same way. I was like, I would be fine with Zaxby's if I if I can have a Zaxby's on every drive. Yeah, I'm, I'm content. But, like, Even you a develop a sense when somebody's suggesting something to you, and it's especially strong whenever somebody's suggesting that you can stay at their house. Uh, you develop. Like, what is your standard compared to what my standard? And luckily, Frameworks was very low, so it didn't really bother us too much too often. But occasionally, you would get right. this person that said right. that you could stay at their house, and you would get there, and it would just be, uh, I don't even know. There were a few times we stayed in houses where they didn't have fans or ACs, and it was just so hot that you didn't sleep. But in this case, it was just like uh-huh. we rolled the dice and we missed on potential food. So, like, oh, yeah. I don't, like, I don't remember too, being too bummed. Yeah, I well, it's funny that you bring that up because I have it in my notes here. Is 
the classic line, stay with me, I have plenty of room, because we got to talk about the situation that happened to us at South By. Do you remember? Actually, at, in Austin? Which part? I'm yes. trying to remember what house. Okay, we stayed, we stayed with one of your friends. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. Great kid. But I remember specifically, he was like, yeah, I have plenty of room. I have plenty of room. And then we got there, and he had just gotten a new apartment. And his whole upstairs was his bedroom. And his bathtub was completely full of water. <laughs> Perfect. And there was just, yeah, so that was already awesome. And then, Corey, you don't remember because you slept, I think you slept under the the dinner table, which was a very, like, this was like, I'm not joking. It had to have been a 400 square feet, like, living room yeah. slash kitchen. Wyatt. Good kitchen. for him, dude. Yeah, and then I think, Luke, you slept you slept kind of by me and then Andy was stuck between the coffee table and the TV. And this was one of those situations where when we got there, it was three in the morning. This was after the against me show. I mean, we stayed there every night. So it was like three o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, whatever. And he always had his friend there and they were always playing uh, smash bros on N64. Yes. I I do remember. I I remember that apartment. Like I can't remember whose it was, but Definitely, definitely, it was it was no good. I want to say it was our buddy Skyler, but it might have been. Yeah, because he was at most of the shows. I I just know in particular we were going to sleep very late, around three to five sometimes, but then also waking up by like seven or yeah. eight because we played the most ridiculous, stupid amount of shows at South by Southwest. It was like, it was. Well, yeah, that's that's also in the notes here about how we're gonna get into the whole. We got to. I mean, we're gonna go into the whole South by Southwest. Slept culture, whatever you call it, like how how much of an actual shit show it is. But but that's when I think about that apartment because you, I think you got kind of frustrated at me because I remember I was sleeping. So when you walk into this kid's apartment, it was like a small part of tile that would lead up to the carpet, uh, like stairs up to the uh, bedroom, and then over to the left is where you go into the living room slash dining room slash kitchen slash. It's really tiny. And I had to sleep in the tile, and I remember laying there for, I think, about an hour, not being able to fall asleep. And then finally I got up, and I had to, like, move you, and I was like, I need the van keys. And you were like, why do you need the van keys? And I was like, I'm going to sleep in the van. And I tried to sneak out because I felt so – like, I just felt like I was betraying this kid. And I remember sneaking out, and I was like, oh, I forgot something in the van, but I was – it. like, I had my sleeping bag and everything with me and just – bolted out to the van and i immediately passed out like i slept so hard and then the next night matt matt caught on to how much of like how good of an idea it was and he snuck out too and matt would do that pretty often on tour we'd get like a shit place and he'd be the first one to be like hey i'm gonna go sleep in the van yeah i feel like i i feel like that's the way to go sometimes and it's so many people with vans getting broken into now. Like, why not do it? Why not have someone sitting Waiting? out there? Someone breaks in the van. You just be like, yo, I'm sleeping, man. This so, is, hey, this Burns, is my house. do you remember if when you walked into the apartment, if there was, like, a little, like, bed or something to the right? Or was there? Okay. okay. No. Okay. You walked in. You walked in. You opened the door. The door opened. And it was immediately stairs up, st- uh, like, stairs leading up to, like, this kid's bedroom, and over to the left was, like, his, uh, yeah, you know, okay, his, like, God. living room and whatnot. I'm trying to remember, but it's, it was, it's, it was, it's been years. I, I mean, yeah, it's been since 2013, so I just remember that so vividly because it was, like, 
it was just such a funny situation and it's happened so many times i feel like to so many bands where i mean how often do you get the classic like yeah come stay with me and then you go there and you know it's like oh let's stay up until six o'clock in the morning talking shit or like yeah. having a party we we have stayed at a and few I, mansions though not gonna lie <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. We, we've had like a few of the weird situations where it's like, yeah, come to my house. And then you get there and it's like insane, you know? Yeah. It really is just like rainbow, just rolling the dice. Uh, one thing someplace so yeah, bad that like Matt had a mental breakdown and went outside. And I think it like, he, like mentally the, changed him for the rest of his life. He, he went in the like van to sleep. Kid at yeah. 17 or 18. And then after that, he is who he is now. Well, I mean, that happened to me on a Bad Luck tour where we stayed at a, I, a I'm assuming that it was someone's house that a lot of bands stay at. And it was, I, th- I think, my first true punk house experience where we could only use the downstairs bathroom and the sink was completely clogged, gray water, um, and the toilet didn't work. And then where everyone else was staying upstairs had no AC and they were sleeping on plywood. And then they had about 20 people that were just out on the porch like 24 hours a day. So I slept in the van, but I slept in the van and I remember waking up at like four in the morning to pee. And when I got out of the van, there were people on the porch and they were just like, what are you doing? And I was like, Oh, I'm just staying here. I'm with the band. They're like, Oh shit. Like, you know, just, Oh, you want, you want to smoke? You want to? And I'm like, no, I mean, I just, I just got to pee. And they're like, yeah, the toilet doesn't work. And I'm like, no, I know, but, I, you know, I've been doing it, like, all night. Like, I don't know, like, what to do, you know? And they're like, all right, you know? Just sink was still clogged. Toilet still didn't work, but, you know, yeah. you should make it work. It doesn't get much worse in life, I think. It don't. Sometimes it don't. So... Then, yeah, I mean, I already touched on how the drive to South by. I think actually then after the Mississippi night was um, – or no, that was that was coming back from South by where we had the Waffle House debacle, but that's a good story. But the South by thing, yeah, I didn't sleep. Luke drove pretty much the whole night. Yeah, about eight yeah, hours I think, right? That was an eight-hour trip. I got yelled at in the gas station for trying to fill up my water bottle. Good. How do you remember all this? And then – yeah, yeah, that was that was a good one. I didn't understand it. I, I but I still filled up my water bottle. I just ran out because I was so thirsty. But we got to talk yeah. about South by because I think we I think we drove around for about I think we clocked it in around we showed up in Austin around seven seven ish in the morning, and I think we drove around for about an hour and a half just trying to figure out how to get like yeah. passes. Yeah, there was your no answer. And anyway, yeah, the email yeah, were trash. They didn't. You, right? I was gonna say you guys had emails, basically giving you directions on what to do, and then we showed up at this like hotel conference, like big conference center, and they basically told us that there are no passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that it's that an inside job, started. dude. It's it's it one hundred percent legit. <laughs> I 100% think South by Southwest Music Festival is a way to completely weed out bands. That's why they have so many bands playing. They just are like, all right, all these bands have been playing shows for so long. 
let's put them on South by, let's weed them out because by the end of this, they're all yeah. going to break up. Or, yeah, or they're never going to tour again, or I don't know, yeah. Or, yeah, 100%. So we did that, and then we showed up to the first show, which was a great show, which was um, the Brixton yeah. Agency. Run for cover. Yes, and I think we showed up yeah, at we- 10 a.m., just a long time. I, I think we had to. We dropped off the, we dropped off the equipment at the show, and then I think me and Wyatt drove about an, a mile, a mile, a mile and a half away to park in someone's yard, which we had to pay for, which was like <laughs> ten bucks, and then walk all the way back. But that show was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. It was, they had two stages, right? There was one outside and one inside. Yeah, the one outside, and it was legitimately like, uh, it was like. Basically, if a bunch of screamo bands were playing like a jazz bar is how they had it set up outside. They had like all the – they had like three different bars, all these people just leisurely hanging out. And I think it was like the Front Bottoms and Sea Haven played and you blew it. But I remember being upset because I think that was – I missed Sea Haven for the second time because the time that they played in South Florida, I was uh, – I think I was like outside doing something with the van and then I came back in, and they weren't playing anymore. So then I missed them again because I think after you guys played, we had to go straight to the um, what? What was that other show with uh, against me? Was that yeah. the Brooklyn Vegan show? Shit was dope. Yeah that that shit yeah that was, was a, that was probably like one of the cooler shows we've ever played. I would say. So. Do, do you remember? Yeah, I remember that? from the video that we watched or that you recapped us with. I remember it was cheap little placeholder <laughs> against me. Fucking who else played? Touche more front bottom. Yeah, Touche played and the front yeah, it was like again. punk bands and then like screamo bands. It was kind of or like I don't know. Yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird lineup, but it it worked. There was a ton of kids. Yeah, it sold out early too. I remember like there was yeah, like it was cool. I do remember. Yeah, the dude that was a trash talk just like walking in like they like own the place. It was kind of tight. But that was like, remember that? It was like, well, pretty early on in the show when like there was no like line or, or there was maybe a line, but they just like walked in the front door like badass. It was cool. Well, that's yeah, that's what I remember the most of from that South by because I remember they were playing like a ton of secret yeah. shows every day, and it was like. It was like you had to be around a person that was talking about a show to figure out where it was going to happen. And I remember because I think at the Brixton show, they, they ended up playing a last-minute show like three blocks away that we were trying yeah, to go to, but yeah, we couldn't. Okay. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize about South By is they see videos of these awesome bands playing but don't realize that 90% of these shows are just randomly popping up. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, like, bands that you, like, want to see, like, playing at the same time, like, the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really have to do what you want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's – because I've had – anytime someone brings up South By, like, oh, yeah, I think about going to South By this year. It's, like, every time I have to – I'm, like, don't do it. Don't – you don't need to go. Yeah. You don't need to go. Unless you know there's, like, one showcase that you're going to see, that you're going to see all the bands you need to see, it's yeah. not worth it. I don't know if it's anything like it used to be. Like, the last two years that I saw, at least, it didn't look like this type of, yeah. Total chaos? It looked more clean. Because what 
we always really liked about Southwest Southwest is that it was there were like these DIY shows. Of course, there were the showcases, which was basically uh, any label or anything just spinning their own gears with their own bands putting them together and just throwing a show together which was always really cool but the reason we really liked going was the, the diy shows we had a bunch of friends who put on these crazy yeah. shows like meets them um and they're always in the craziest places too i don't know the, the one thing that yeah made south by southwest interesting to me and i don't really think it's happening well, that's what I think that was the year that they started cracking down because I remember, you know, I was so excited to go on that tour because I had heard the rumors of like, you know, Power Trip playing the bridge, Mammoth Grinder playing in the cave or whatever that place. Like there was like a cave somewhere around South by that was like people would show up at the generator and then bands would play. And that's why I was so excited. But then it's like when you're there with a band that has to actually play shows, you got to hope that you have like, a time frame in between anything to be able to go run and do something, which is just not possible if you're like playing. Because you guys were playing two shows a day. I think on the second yeah. day you guys played yeah. three. Was that the, the we ended at that one bar with octaves where the lady the lady told okay. Matt to turn his drums down? I don't know. I think that. Oh. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know where I was for that. I don't know if that was with me, but that sounds yeah, it was awesome. fucking ridiculous. But. That's how do you okay dive into that because how how did well, Matt turn I think it was in? like the lady that like owned the bar or was working the bar, but she just like had enough at one point and she just like went up to Matt like either like before a song or like or at the beginning of the set and was like you're gonna have to bring those drums down. Matt was just like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like he was just like, I can't believe like like yeah, Matt would get pretty upset about like. <laughs> But yeah, he also didn't know how to answer that question because he genuinely didn't know what she meant by, like, turn it down. I, I don't think it registered, like, play softer because Matt only had one type of playing and it was beating the shit out of those drums. So I was really perplexed yes, by her saying turn down. He was like, what do you mean? And she's like, turn down. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's pretty awesome. I wish I could have yeah, seen that. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, I mean... I remember the um, – so the second day I think was when we, we all kind of um, – I mean the second day was awesome too. You guys played the Prop Shell Showcase. Uh, with, it was inside the bar, like a second-story bar somewhere yeah. in downtown, which was awesome. Um, and I remember because I think that band – well, not that band, but Judge played a, a secret show I think across okay. the street. Which was crazy because I remember seeing like so many people flood out of the bar across the street from you guys and then come across and just kind of like look up in the window and then everyone just was – there were just so many people. I couldn't believe it. And they all were wearing the same shirt, <laughs> the judge shirt. And then – That's anyway. awesome. That's, that's... And then I think um, I think another secret trash talk show happened that day that we tried to get to but we yeah. couldn't. And then that night is when you guys played uh, Never Not Hanging Out Fest at the yeah, Crazy Co-op. That, that shit was pretty rad. That was a cool time. That was, for, well, first and foremost, that was my first time ever being to a co-op, which was in itself its own experience. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen another co-op like that one. It was, I don't really understand the architectural of that building. It was insane. 
Yeah, there was like it reminded me of this art camp I used to go to as a child, where there was like a common room, and then there's just all these other rooms that you don't know that are, like are people living here? Yeah. Is this just a hangout space? We played like, a few spots. They're always weird. And yeah, I mean, I would I would imagine it's like it's kind of like a. I mean, it's like its own country, <laughs> like it's, it's or its own not a country, but it's like own small microcosm yeah. of a city, where everyone just it's it's really crazy. We should just do that actually here. We should just bring that. Yeah, there were so many people at that show. I remember watching that like that video of us playing that one versus like the Brooklyn Vegan or something, and there was a notable difference in yeah. us playing. You just see like how much more we were into it. Oh, yeah. There was, like, 200 and some odd people there in the common room. That was wild, dude. I remember at one point, like, I had to, like, I couldn't even get inside to film because there were so many people. And also, you guys played at, like, I think... Yeah, it was more like an after-party kind of thing. Yeah, it was super late. Yeah. But I think most people were there just, like, fucked up. I don't even think they knew they were watching bands. Oh, no, yeah. It was basically just like a college hangout, kind of, which was yeah. really funny. I remember telling you that was terrible. It was so hard to set anything up. Nobody could see anything. I think everybody kept knocking it off. Yes, I, I was going to say, because I, I think I remember I finally came – because there was at one point I was just like sitting outside on a, on a park bench. I was so exhausted, and then I finally came up and was like standing by the merch table with you. And then someone spilled, like it was like a, the third person spilled the beer on the merch, and we just took everything off, and we just put them all in the Tupperware or like the the bins, and we just kind of like gave up. And then we just yeah. sat at the table. Yeah. What, which like, is, Connor showed up I mean, from, um, I don't know what even he plays in now. Connor. What is it? Didn't he show up to that? Yeah. That was. Yeah, yeah. Connor Dennis? Uh, he showed up. Oh, wait. I can't remember. Uh, he definitely, because I hung out yeah, with I'm him the next day. Yeah, I moment. Because that's. Brent came to that show. Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't remember if he showed up because what I want to tie it into is basically that night was when you guys literally were like, we're not playing any shows tomorrow. We're all just going to hang out. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because you guys still played um, Meat Spin, but that was the only show that you guys were playing yeah. the next day. Yeah, at that point, we hadn't actually enjoyed any shows that we weren't playing. It was kind of just show to show because setting up for those things is kind of miserable too. You had like a you had to be there an hour early to set up your stuff. And... Well, yeah, and plus, like, I don't think people realize that once again, we don't. It's not like you yeah. have to park. Right next to this venue, I remember at the meet, at uh, Never Not Hanging Out, we parked like, oh man, we parked so far down the street. Yeah, and then like, and then when you have to like get- go from venue to venue, it's like you're the driving. It takes like five minutes. Should it, it should take five minutes, but it takes like like forty five minutes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, everything was gridlocked. Well, I I remember too at the Gents Me show. I, at one point, I literally begged. I, I think I begged you or you, Luke, or Wyatt to watch the merch table during, like, the Against Me show because I was so exhausted that I was, like, I was, like, kind of at that point where I was, like, I just need, like, a solid two hours to just to just sleep. And so I, I had to walk two oh. miles to the van, and then I got to the van, and I think I slept for about 15 minutes before I got the text being, like, hey, the show's <laughs> over. So I'm coming to get the van and like Wyatt opened the door and I was just in that state where it's like, 
you know when you're so tired that like someone wakes you up and you just kind of take like a solid 10 minutes to know what the hell is going on that's what happened to me and then when we showed up to pick you guys up that's what happened we got stuck there for about an hour yeah that that was a shit show leaving that place i remember for sure yeah i can't i couldn't imagine like i really just couldn't imagine living in austin at that time probably make a lot of money on parking though so the third day didn't play any shows except meat spin i went and um i went and saw like my own shows because i hung out with tyler and my old roommate uh who played in Will to Die at the time. And then I met up with Connor, who was playing in Being as an Ocean at the time. And then I got lucky enough to be standing in the right place at the right time yeah. to see Trash Talk. Damn. That was a crazy show, too, right? Like, like, people were climbing light posts and stuff. They played... They were playing Beerland, I think. And then the from the story that I heard was the owner of Beerland told them they could only play if it was 21 and up. They, of course, said, fuck you. We will play out on the patio for everyone if you let us. And I think they were just like, okay, like we'll set up an extension cord. And then I remember I was there with like a handful of people. Connor was there, but they took so long to set up because apparently I think they set up everything inside. Connor was like, I have to go play a show. So I was there by myself. And then they just started playing on this patio and people were – climbing this like tin roof a guy climbed up into a tree and grabbed onto the power line some it must have been the cable line because he didn't get electrocuted but i had that on video like i was like oh this dude's gonna get electrocuted he's gonna die but i guess it must have been a cable line because he was fine but yeah that show was crazy because i remember i was texting you guys but what did you guys do that day the meat spin day dude i want to say was that the one that um foxing played right yeah, I think we just stayed at the I think yeah, we just, like, yeah, we just chilled, and I remember drinking whiskey with the, the finger boxing, and and that was, and then, yeah, just being, like, drunk and having fun. Yeah. I think more so, we were just so beat down yeah. by yeah. the last days, because that, that tour was nonstop, and then it was, like, overdrive those first two South by Southwest days, because we only had like, a couple hours each day, so Sunday, we just dedicated to just staying in one place and not doing anything, which I really regret. I wish I would have gone to that trash talk show. I mean, yeah, I I had to walk, I think, three miles back to the show that you guys were at because that was the thing. I kept texting you guys like, oh, my God, like, I don't even know if I'm going to catch your set because I was so far away. And I had to walk so far. But that whole time I was I – was, I think at one point I was walking on the side of, like, a very, very, like – it was like a country road <laughs> highway. <laughs> It was, was super sketchy, Uber? but right? yeah, yeah, that was way before then. I, yeah, I remember. Yeah, there was like no Uber or anything. I just was walking for so long, and my phone was dying too, which was really scary. And I had all my camera equipment yeah. with me, so it was like it was just a a really sketchy situation to be in. Not that like Austin is that sketchy of a place, but it's like I had no idea. Like if my phone would have died, I probably would. I would have yeah. been fucked. The venue was kind of like not. But, like really a part of South by it was like kind of like yeah you must have walked man because I remember like driving there I was like oh this is a this is not near yeah it was super far out of the way it was like and that's the other thing I think people don't understand about South by is like it's not as centralized as you think at least for like I guess like the main shows there are but like the the outer shows like 
are not like yeah. the secret shows or whatnot are kind of just like yeah they're out but i mean we were seeking those like dirt shows that was that was what we were going for you know yeah so we were we were down to play any house and i think we did yeah i mean there was that last show the meat spin show was sick it was like in the back of a bar but the, i remember do you guys remember yeah that i remember they were, they were doing shows inside the bar too right yeah, it was like a split. It was like a split, but I just remember specifically there was like nothing in yeah. the bar. There yeah, was I don't like really nothing. understand what that bar was about. There was nobody there for the bar. I'm assuming they were all working in South by Southwest, but there was generally like nothing in that bar to do. So I don't really know what they did during normal hours. Yeah, I didn't understand it either. And I remember because as soon as I got there, I think Ryan Ryan was there with yeah, his girlfriend were- at the time. And I got a text from my old roommate saying that, like, there was, like, a crazy house show happening. And this was, like, right when I got back. Um, Ryan was there talking about going to get in and out And then I got a text from my old roommate saying that there was, like, a secret show happening with the story so far, Backtrack, um, Zabalba again, Afflictive Nature, Blistered, and I think Downpressor. And so... I coordinate. I think I was like asking you guys, like, "Oh, when do you guys think you're playing?" And I think you guys were playing not till like midnight again. So I went with Ryan. I had In and Out for the first time, which was very. It was, yeah. it was all right. You had to get an you know? or whatever. And was, <laughs> well, I did, but it was just so greasy. I had it all over my hands, and I remember being scared because I was like going to film, and I had nothing to wipe my hands on because he just literally got me the burger, threw it to me, drove me to the show, and then I got out, and there was, like, hundreds of people there already, and I was like, oh, this is, like, super hectic, you know? And then they played in the backyard of the um, of another co-op, but it was, like, more like a fraternity house. There was, like, a lot of Greek symbols everywhere, which was strange. But that show got shut down really quick before, I think, um, I think the last band playing was uh, down pressure or something and the and the cops came and shut the power off which was crazy but then i made it i made it back in time to see you guys which was nice yeah dude we appreciate it dude. thanks for watching yeah thank you thank you so much yeah, right, i'll talk to you guys later well. <laughs> <laughs> well that ended that ended south by which was i think the nicest way to end it it was a very peaceful yeah. show it was like very nice andy smoked a gigantic yeah. cigar during what that an set. asshole and then i'm trying to remember uh oh the next day is when we turned the van on you first of all you guys got to talk about the backstory on the yeah so it never worked we bought it he told us it never worked we never questioned it so we we just assumed we're not gonna have a horn and that was cool with us yeah but that morning and then we woke up for the fr- like I think it was like someone put like a pen from a band like they like put it in like the uh, where the where you press the horn they like poked a pen in it and that how to do with it but like we we turned on the van and just like the horn was just fucking beep, like you know just like one stop like blaring right and it was like seven o'clock in the morning in a very small yeah morning. it was loud it was loud. We, we tried for like two minutes to figure out why it was just going off out of nowhere. Out of like the year and a half we on that band, that horn never worked once. But for some random reason, at the time we're about to leave uh, South by Southwest, the, the probably the most chaotic weekend I've ever had in my entire life. 
you turn on that van at seven in the morning and the horn just nails and it just doesn't stop. We had to just drive away with the horn just completely blaring yeah. into the closest gas station. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I remember getting a gas station and Wyatt, I think it was, was it Wyatt that was on the phone with like his dad or someone that was a mechanic was or was it you, Luke? Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember you like, we could not figure it out. And then finally we took the battery off and then what was it? Do you remember? It was, was the actual horn. I, I don't know what Corey was talking about. I thought, I, th- I thought it was the pen, but maybe, or maybe, I don't know. <laughs> no, it wasn't the pen. I remember because we thought, yeah, we, we thought at first that's what it was, but then we like got under the hood and we couldn't figure it out. And then finally we took the battery, like the battery cables off. And it obviously shut the horn off, but then it was like, it was so funny because Luke, every time you would touch the battery, it would like beep. <laughs> and me and Corey were like watching. Every time you touch it, it just start beeping again. And then I think you finally figured out, like, you found the wire or something. You pulled it off. It was that. I think that was like the perfect way to end. Yeah. Sci-fi, though. Yeah. I feel like there's no, there's really no better way to, there, to end it. That's like the worst kind of puzzle to solve. Something that's just like honking at you as you touch the battery. It, that was moving. Oh right. I mean, that was yeah. That was like. You know, that was, like, something straight out of Saul. I, it was 7 o'clock in the morning, like, just that, and we're all standing. It's not like all of us can be there solving the problem. It's like, you and Andy just kind of running your hands through the underhood, just, like, trying to figure out what it was, and we're all just like, all right, well, I guess that's it. Mechanics it, it, it's, it, definitely, it definitely summed up South by Southwest, for sure. In a metaphor, oh, 100%. Yeah. Just chaos. Sensory overload when you didn't want it, like, Right. Sensory overload and just blaring noises and yeah. mass confusion. 100%. Perfect. So, when we left, I think what do we what do we do after that? Was that I think we had to drive straight to Louisiana. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I I believe that's what it was cuz I remember that drive being hell. Because we left at seven o'clock in the morning, and then we didn't show up to that next show until like yeah. seven o'clock. Is, is at this night. the one with cloakroom and the glass blowing shop? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was ridiculous. The mosquitoes remember being like were yes. insane. Right. Right. Yeah, we showed up, and the show was inside of a. It was like a really weird place, though. It was like a glass blowing workshop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like there was a storefront, but there was also a section where they blew the glass, and then just this open area that we played in. Right, which is, I'm so happy that I have footage of someone playing while someone is blowing glass at like 12 o'clock at night, like 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and there was, in the gift shop, you remember, there was a very lively... Bayou lady, I have, I just have written in my notes, wizard tea yeah. in the bayou. Yeah, there was some lady that was just, she had a bunch of like herbs and stuff, and like she definitely looked like she sold a bunch of like weird herbs, like herbal stuff. She was definitely kind of witchy, you know. But I, I definitely like, just like kind of messing around, but also just like seeing what's up. I was just like, hey, do you have, do you have anything that'll like like 
fuck me up, you know, just like joking around. And she was like, yeah, I actually do. And yeah, and then she what was like, she, she was like, yeah, but we have to go in the bathroom because I'm not actually allowed to sell it. I, like, I just remember being like, oh man, like this is going to be awesome. Like, just like this, <laughs> the experience itself, I just remember being like, this is going to be something I could tell like my friends and they'd think it's fun. But yeah, she went in the bathroom and she sold me like, it was like 20 bucks and she sold me these like two, like, huge bags of this green powder which ended up being kratom which i didn't know what what that was at the time at yeah it was 100 okay, percent kratom yeah <laughs> well i don't think we ever figured out what it was because the whole time me and you were joking because you were like two hours in and nothing was happening and we we're like dude she straight up sold you tea because you're like it just yeah like it tasted like trash yeah it was it was pretty dude, terrible you were so out of it though. yeah but like, what, you were not a person I remember when it hit, yes. I remember I just, like, I went to some, like, deep, dark zone, and, like, everything was just weird, and, like, I felt sick, and, yeah. It was definitely, like, a terrible idea, but I remember, like, I remember it being a fond experience, you know? Well, yeah, I just remember you complaining the whole time because you were like, man, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And then after, I think it was after your, the set that it started kicking Maybe, in, am I right? Maybe, man. I, I just remember. No, I think it was after the set. Yeah. I don't think it was I just. Okay, yeah. I remember. Because I remember. went to a McDonald's or something. It, well, that's where that's where I'm going to because that was the night of okay. the house debacle. Okay. But I just remember specifically. You were like the whole time, oh, it's nothing but green tea. Like I, you were like so, still so hyper, like the normal Corey that I know, just like so hyper, like joking around. I go out to the van and you're like sitting in the front seat with your feet up, <laughs> hands like making like, like you're sitting there like as if you're like the executive to a Fortune 500 company just sitting there. And I was like, how are you feeling? You're like, I'm feeling pretty good, man. And just like everything had changed and I started – dying and andy was like i don't think andy knew what was going on because he was like getting stuff out of the van he's like we talk about and like i explained it to him he's like oh that's fucking weird like <laughs> but yes i'm so so after this show is when we had the great waffle yeah. house debacle yep do you remember do you remember oh, that at all? okay well i remember i was asleep in the van Woke up to us stopping to a Waffle House, and I remember Corey going out and, like, going up to the front door, and I was watching from the backseat. Like, I was watching from the van because I was, like, getting dressed, and I remember there was, like, 30 people in this Waffle House all dressed very nice, like, as if they had been to a nice high-end club, and there was just a random guy, like a couple random guys standing at the front door, and they were like talking to Corey, and they were kind of blocking the door. And then I think Andy or Matt or you walked up, Luke, and you guys got turned away. And I remember walking out of the van, and I was like, what's going on? And like, Corey, I think you were laughing. You are like, dude, they will not let us into this Waffle House. <laughs> I think they were like saying that like we weren't dressed right or something, and – I, rem I think you were, like, trying to, like, you know, joke with them, like, because you thought they were, like, legitimately just joking with us, and they were like, no. Like, you cannot. I don't remember here. why they were being like that. Dude, I think it was just, like, their squad, and they yeah. were just like, nah, like, fuck these weird-ass kids walking out of this van. That's just so weird. 
I mean, yeah. But then we walked. We walked next door to a waffle, or not, not a waffle house. We walked next door to a oh, water burger. Oh, and then there was also a lot of people there. Right. Well, th- so we walked in, and there wasn't that many people. But these people had been doing the same thing to other people who were going to the waffle house. Then it started becoming like a lot of people in the water burger, and then a fight broke <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> and I remember like. That was my first Whataburger experience, first off. And ever since I've told this story to other people, they're like, oh, that's like how Whataburger goes <laughs> at night. It's pretty rad. They're like, that's just that's like a that's like a, a, a rites of passage kind of thing. Like you can't eat at a Whataburger without at least one time <laughs> seeing a scuffle. I just remember yeah, but I just remember there were so many people in that waffle house, and of course a fight broke out. I, I'm assuming some club or something just got out. Yeah, because we were like so we were close to I think we were close to like uh, French Quarter area. Like, because I I remember we were talking the whole time about how we were gonna go to like the French Quarter, and like we were like, all right, after the show, we're gonna go to the French Quarter for a bit and like walk around. But then after that show, we were all just so tired. And I remember even being kind of bummed about it. But then when I thought about it, I was like, there is no way I have the energy <laughs> to do anything other than like get to where we're going and sleep. Yeah. What was Ruben with us? Like yes. Ruben, um, who plays in yeah, Soul Glow? Um, you know what I'm talking about. I think he was with us too. Yeah, yeah. Because we stayed in some kids. Yeah. Again. Oh, man. Classic. Yeah, stay with me. I have plenty of room. Two whole bands in this kid's like 600 square foot apartment yeah. with tile floors. You slept under a table. Oh, yeah, sure, Corey, I remember again. waking up in my underwear and just being like completely like disoriented, just like on... yeah, I was cratered out. Everything could have went bad in my head. Went bad, <laughs> but yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I think I slept in the van That's again. Good. That one. I mean, when in doubt, just yeah, go it's to always the van. safer there. And then I think the last night was like nothing too crazy. That was a, uh, I think that was in a storage unit somewhere yeah, in Alabama. Yeah, the secret guys put on that show, right? I don't know. Was, was, it, yes. was, it, was, was I, Machina's playing too? Or? I think they played that show, yeah. Yes. And there was, it was literally like a barn. Some, yes, it was like a, it, it was, was like a storage unit that they had. It, it was like a fest too, right? There was like a lot of bands and they were playing like all day, right? Yes, yes, and I think um, plot was I forget the name of that band the the band that Ruben yeah. used to be in. They were like one of the headliners, and then you guys. But I remember there was there was a couple hardcore bands playing. But I remember there was something specific about that show that was very funny. But it's it's escaping me right Moshin? now that I remember laughing with Matt about. Was it the moshing that what? was funny? Yes, that was it. Because they were wearing. Like, I remember you like going into the pit and doing like the baseball, thing, and then you just I run mean, back to us, like laughing. Me? I'm pretty sure, like maybe not, maybe. Dude, no way. That had to have been someone else. I, I, I think the only time I remember the only time that I, I mean, first and foremost, I've only moshed a total of maybe three like- times in my life, and one of them was during down presser or backtrack at the mississippi okay. show because i remember you making so many jokes about me wearing okay. my timberlands 
and then I finally did it, but it was longer <laughs> at Wendy's, and you didn't believe me. That's so funny. But I just also remember that last show. It was like pouring rain, and it was like super muddy, and yeah, that show was crazy because of the setup there. Yeah, I remember being really far from Florida too. So I remember it was the last show, so we had to just go home. And it was still so far, and it just felt so dumb that we didn't book something closer. Like, I was just kind of dreading the drive the entire show. Oh, yeah, it was, that drive was awful. I think I'm pretty, if I remember correctly, we got back to your place at, like, 6 or 7 in the morning, and I just got in my car and just, I just left. I just drove straight home. I was, I... I'm a pretty resilient kid. Like I, I'm not like, you know, I don't need like, I love routine, but you know, and I had done so many like, you know, weekenders with Von Wolf and whatever. And like always done like, you know, the typical, like, you know, eat once a day kind of thing. But for some reason, this, that week ruined yeah. me. I don't know what it was. It was, I think it was like the way that the drives were that we were eating like we were eating like once a day, and I remember because – do you remember when we got to Austin to begin with that we went to Torchy's Tacos? I spent like $36. Yeah, that, that was like place. the outside one. Yeah, that place yes. cool, by the way. I, I spent my – all the money that I did not spend for that entire week to get there, I spent it all in one day because I was so hungry and just wanted like – I just wanted food so bad. And then it was like – that was at like 7 in the morning too. So we were eating like – I had the smorgasbord of tacos at 7 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> yeah. which was epic. And then the other time that we went to Torchy's, me, Wyatt, and Matt Horner saw Trinidad James playing on the rooftop oh next God. door to us. I don't remember that at all. That's lit. That should, that should be a pretty clear sign as to how South by Southwest – south by southwest south by southwest works yeah it's just like that just leisurely like oh it's trinidad i remember specifically because we were sitting outside and i was like oh that's that that's that like pop the molly song and then we look and he's just on t- right on top of the roof like you could see him and there was just hundreds of people Yo, on top of the rooftop. i don't even know if it was a showcase or if it's just him playing at this like because it was like a, a it looked like a nice you know, like one of those typical gentrified apartment complexes that just had a rooftop pool, and there were so many people there. It was crazy. But I mean, that's yeah, that was yeah, man. Did you guys even remember most of uh, that stuff? Bits and pieces of it. I mean, so it sounds like it was like a brutal trek, and that we barely made it back. But generally speaking. From the beginning to the end, every tour was about, like, maybe not that much fun caliber, but generally speaking, it was that minimalistic. We barely got by every tour. It, it was yeah. literally scraping every single time. I'm so, we had such shitty vans, and we drove them to the ground that they never were. So, I mean, when you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like something we do, but it's normal tour, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than the South by Southwest and how fast and, and quick we got back, that really was, like, I don't know. That was really pushing it, but that sound – I don't know why we oh, put yeah. ourselves at such a pace, but we didn't like to waste any time. Like if we could drive 10 hours, we were going to do it. Well, yeah, I feel like – and the funniest part about it was 
Matt had such a weird relationship with that van in terms of like he could drive that thing. I mean, he it was like he was driving a normal van. For everyone else, there was a little bit of struggle. Andy was like the second best. Dude, Matt had this like insane relationship with that van that he could like he could handle it like as if it was like the van is like this like black stallion and matt is like his keeper why was the driver andy should have never driven did you ever hear about the time andy was driving okay and we were pulling a trailer it was in that van too and we were going to record the moon and we're all sleeping and andy's driving by himself which was a huge mistake i don't think we did this after this point like he just didn't drive by himself um He's probably driving for like 15 minutes and then he pulls over and he's like, yeah, I don't know. The wind's so bad that I had to pull over. I can't really like steer correctly. And we get out and one of the trailers blew a tire and he was just driving and there were like sparks. Oh like, he destroyed God. that tire, that wheel, that whole part of the trailer. We had to replace it. Yeah, but he had no idea. He was just driving on the highway. He's like, yeah. I don't know. The wind's really bad. I couldn't, I couldn't stay straight. I mean that's crazy. All right, I didn't know that. Okay, so I take that back. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just like hallucinating it because to me I always felt like, okay. I actually take it back. I remember you driving the most, and I think yeah, I think I remember why because I remember Matt always sitting in the passenger seat because Matt and you Corey would always get into yeah, wrestling matches. I actually like totally forgot about that until I watched the video and I holy video. shit like. We used to do that shit all of the time. And, like, I could never imagine, like, that happening. Like, now. You know what I mean? Like, that was just, like, that was, like, a, a phase that we just both went through that was just super weird. Fought so much. We would do ch- shit out of each other. And, like, it would just be, like, pure hate. And then, like, five minutes later, I'd be like, dude, I love you, Matt. Like, yeah. Drives. Like after yeah, eight hours, you just you have literally nothing else to do. You can't look at anything on your phone. Yeah. I mean, we did the hundred bottles of beer on the wall. All yeah, that's number one. See, stuff like that shouldn't be happening with like twenty-five year olds. You know, do we? <laughs> that was like, like seventeen. Or yeah, 18. Matt was like young. He was eighteen, seventeen. But yeah, we twelve. We had a good time, man. It it was fun, for sure. I mean, that, and that's the thing is, like, I don't think people realize is, like, you know, the people who I'm hoping listen to this are just, like, people who, like, you know, not people who tour all the time, obviously, but people who, like, just have heard your band or, like, hear bands and are, like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I want to, like, hear what they're about. And then they hear how it is, like, touring or, like, just on, like, you know, weekenders or here and there and like understand how much suffering. Yeah, it's goes completely into ridiculous. It. Like the normal person like would would not do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, especially with that van. I feel like honestly, I feel like with that van alone, you guys should have gotten like I mean, you guys should like it should, South by Southwest, you guys should have won the gold medal at the South by Southwest alone for making it there safely like i i'm not joking like i remember when i drove it i was like at first i was like oh it can't be that bad but to give people the sense of how bad it is how far do you think you would turn that wheel until it would finally catch like i i think it was about two yeah, yeah. i'm pretty sure not that tour but the next tour we did we drove straight to philly yeah. yes and on the way 
Yeah, because I remember you telling yeah, me about we, it. Because I was like, I, yeah, I was keeping in touch with you, and you know, just like catching up. And I remember you told yeah, me so about Yeah, so we were it. driving straight to Philly to start this tour for whatever reason, and it's a wonder why the van was a piece of shit because we did stupid ass drives like that. But um, I remember right before we got into Philly, Matt was driving, of course, and he saw Taylor Swift's tour bus, so he gunned, and he was going like a hundred. Or it was probably maxed out of 90, so yeah. he couldn't go very far. But he also had a megaphone in one hand. So he's steering the van with one hand, and he's got the megaphone in his other hand, yelling at Taylor Swift's van, trying to catch up to her. And I don't know, like, luckily nothing happened, but we pull into, like, an auto zone or something, and we have them check out the van. We're like, yeah, I don't know, something needs to be tightened. The steering wheel doesn't really work very well. This should turn too much. And, uh... They take it back there, and they come back, and they're like, I don't know how you're driving this thing. Like, at any point, the I don't remember what exactly it was, but uh, the part that connects to the axle was about to break off. So at any point, that tire was just going to fall off. Jesus. Yeah, I remember. I remember because I remember you telling me about it because I kept asking because I was nervous. Yeah, right, it, like, it didn't cross our mind that this is probably – super dangerous but I, at some point on that I don't, maybe 20 hour drive to Philly it got so bad that we had to stop and the person was in shock that we were still driving it that we drove it there they're like how how did you not notice this how are you sensible enough to be driving this you should be like well I have a funny story for you <laughs> it's been years yeah it was that was real dumb I don't know what we were thinking we survived I mean it happened I mean we made it we made it through somehow. I don't know. I mean, it. I that that's what sticks out the most to me is how we survived in that van. But I mean, like, there are no other options unless you have money or your parents have money. Those are those are the things yeah, you have to kind of right. like you, go through. You have a shitty van. You have a shitty job, so it's like you're putting together like literally the smallest amount of money. Yeah, you have to just to get an oil that change. That will let you honestly. leave or quit. So you're always finding a new job or have such a shitty job that they're willing to let you leave. So the small amount that you can get paid directly goes to you eating in this shitty van when it breaks down every tour. I mean, I, yeah, that's what I remember most about the Von Wolf van is like they would get an oil change and that oil change would turn into three other things that would need to be worked on. And they would always go, we'll take the oil change for now. And then the next time, of course, it breaks and then they have to pay more. And then it's like all the money they've saved up it's gone into this and it's like it's just a never-ending shit show unless you're in a very like successful band you know or just at least not not even just a successful band but just a band that has money yeah (laughs) it's crazy because in the south by southwest days i don't even know if we were breaking even like i think we were still negative obviously on that tour because there's no reasonable way to make it all the way to texas and back in 10 days and be profitable when you're in a huge ass 12 seater like that but even towards the later we were Right. somewhat profitable but there's no margin where you can actually make money and do that you have to have i, I don't know I, I still can't explain it but it was fucking difficult if you have a uh, if you have like a uh, you know like a remote job or something like a desk i mean i tried job, that a honestly. lot too that kind of worked out working remotely with computer and stuff it's cool but like working from the van just gets too much because you have other people like Corey and matt who are constantly just fighting in the van yeah no it's all everything's out the window once you get in the van it's kind of uh 
you know, it's just a shit show yeah. at all times. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good recap of uh, yeah, how the tour was. Yeah, I kind of like forgot about that tour until this moment, but that was an awesome tour because also like that was when Framework started getting like some hype by like legit like record labels or whatever, you know. So like it, it was a pretty like exciting experience for us. Like yeah, like I think if the if the energy hadn't been so high, there's no sensible way that we could have made it through that tour. You know, you're no one hundred percent. I mean, you're it, was, it was the against me. Sh- yeah, the against me show alone was. I mean, yeah, amazing. but I really do think that was one of my favorite tours. Like, I don't think it yeah. got much more fun than that. You just it was like a whole year packed into a whole year worth of events packed into ten days. Right, one hundred percent. That was, I think, my first, my first and last real like real tour and it was like it was funny because it's like going to a different dynamic of a different sounding band and like a whole different world like that not only is that the initial shock of it but it's also like everything on top of that like being in the van and also the drives were just psychotic like i think the 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 shortest drive we the shortest drive that we had was six hours, I think, it, and that was uh, yeah, as good as that it got. Really, that is how we thought of things because, I mean, like, the sooner we could get back and start working and saving again meant that we could go back out and do it again. So we didn't waste any time being, like, close to the same right. cities. It was, it was always going. And we, like, we had the weirdest – I'm appreciative of all the people that came to those shows, but the weirdest crowd, they were, like – it was, like, sometimes, mm-hmm. like, pop-punk kids or, like, emo kids and sometimes hardcore kids. It was just, like, the – just eclectic yeah. weird shows. Well, that's why I that's why that show in Mississippi at the skate park was so crazy because you had this crowd of people there that were probably there for, you know, the tour that you guys were on and then you add in like Downpressor, Backtrack, Zabalba, Old Wounds and it's like <laughs> that group just was like, "Oh, it's all right. Yeah." Like, well, I feel like there was like a good mix of like this is the only thing to do on uh, Thursday in Mississippi. Go to the skate park and watch random bands. And then there was like a mix of people that are like, oh, I love, you know, You Blew It or this band or that band. And then it's like, oh, I heard that Backtrack's playing last minute because there was only like still, like I said, 30 kids there. And what, 90% of those people yeah, were yeah. bands. I really liked watching the video you did because it reminded me of like the that point in that in uh, Frameworks. We, we'd always had like this weird like screamo scene that we were in and we slowly getting into the top shelf scene and you can see in that show in particular the two worlds for us merging and then for whatever reason all of those hardcore bands also jumped on it it's really interesting because it's just like you put yeah. everything we were doing in the moment in one show we had like our you blew it friends and then our caution children friends it was cool yeah i mean it was epic that was a, that was a nice treat and also that place that place was awesome to be in because it's like I remember just being able to go into the skate park and be away from everyone and just like by myself and then also being able to watch the bands from at the top of the skate, you know, the giant Dude, skate ramp was pretty remember, cool. And like there was, was like a, good. like where all the band vans like came in and it was just like, like, ten, yes. like 10 bands Inside. just all like chilling, like they were playing CeeLo and shit. And like, I just remember being like, yeah, yeah you were, you were losing all your money and then like, 
I just remember being like, dude, this is cool. Like, there's a bunch of, like, different types of bands all just chilling in the back space while there's, like, you know, 20, 30 kids who were there for the show. But it's, like, the bands were just chilling to have fun, you know? Oh, yeah. It was, like, there was no, like, like what you would imagine, like, a weird vibe for that, especially with those kinds of bands versus, like, the Screamo bands. It's, like, it was just so, it was so perfect. I think because everyone knew the situation, everyone was in that same situation as being, like, oh, we're driving these awful routes. Let's all hang out. Like, that's basically how it was. Like, I could, you could see the defeat on everyone's face at that point being, like, all right, we're about to get into it. We've just driven, like, 12 hours. And it was also because their show just completely, like, fell through and they were stuck so it was like i'm sure they were going through shit too so i feel like everyone just kind of knew and it was like a mutual respect of everyone just being there like all right like this is cool you know what i mean i remember at one point the vocalist of downpressor he was saying like yeah you know like what's up like you know mississippi or whatever and then he said um you know if anyone has like any weed or anything like you know hit us up out of the show or like you know meth i don't care and i remember just dying laughing because i was like all right i see like everyone is just at the same exact type of level of being like this show only has 20 kids here but it's like we got nothing you know what else are we gonna do like let's make the best of it and i just remember being i was like that is so funny (laughs) yeah well do you guys have anything you want to add i think we covered it dude that was pretty sick it's been an hour and 20 dude yeah, for the for my second nice. episode. Who was the first episode with? Uh, my buddy Tucker. You may not, you may recognize him if you saw a photo of him. He used to be, uh, he used to hang out in New Smyrna, Daytona okay. shows a lot. Uh, he did a tour. He he's toured with um Travis Scott. Oh Miley shit! Cyrus. Okay. So I talked with him a bit about touring with that type of crowd, and then I figured this would be the. The good second episode. The to good tours in the bachelors. Because <laughs> it's like I want to be able to like, that's know, really talk cool. on everything. That's a, that's a cool and, opportunity, uh, dude. Like, yeah, he's he he got he got that from just literally being a little shit and uh, infiltrating that, and then he got you know start doing cool. all that stuff. But um, yeah. So you guys have anything? Nothing else you want to add? You know what? What's the uh, what's the vibes? You guys are gonna start touring again? Frameworks. Uh, well, our only uh, show was the fest Gainesville, and that got canceled or well, got rescheduled till next year. And we have no other plans to do anything else. So, but me and Luke have another band called Pez. We're fucking amazing. Check it out. That's ex- yeah. That's exactly what I was getting to. Yeah, cool. Pez. I mean, Frameworks could always do a, a COVID tour. I'm sure people a, would like love a, that. Like a live stream where we play every night in like a different, like a different shitty house. No, I was gonna say you guys should just go on tour. You could play Seven Elevens. Dude, we could find bars that are still open that are like super sketchy. Right, and yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean that sounds like an all-around good idea so i'll start booking that and then we'll yeah, see yeah. That. make sure you book like yeah. a couple shows in the same day too really? that yeah three right, of course. shows one day of course drive definitely find a questionable van that doesn't look like it's gonna make it <laughs> well okay, okay bros. bros 
It's been great, dude. It's, it's been, been great. a great, like... Yeah, dude, thanks for having us. 14 years when you did? I'm gonna... Yeah, I know. Since 2008, St. Bernadette Hall, seeing the infamous... Okay, stone. okay. Come on, come on. Dude. Not, not cool, bro. I'm gonna... We're about to go... You, 15 years of touring. This is... Right, so that it's time for the 15-year anniversary reunion of Stella. Hey. And I'll play drums, please. Next framework store, you got to come with us, all right? Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording this, and then I'm still gonna talk to you guys. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. Say bye. Say bye to the uh, two all people right, who are gonna listen to this. <laughs> and those two people. Nah, being dude, we're, we're gonna promote this podcast. It's gonna blow up. Joe Rogan's gonna. You're gonna be interviewing right. Joe. Yo, Joe Rogan. Shout out Joe Rogan. <laughs> Third Eye. DMT. Opening. Remember, remember Joe Rogan. South by Southwest. He knows. Is he knows. Job. Oh, he's there. Okay, South by Southwest, inside job. All right, bye.